thousand mind and body A thousand mind and body A thousand mind and body A thousand mind and body Hey everyone, welcome to A Dose of Mind and Body your audio prescription to anything pharmacy, mental health, and fitness or lifestyle habits. My name's Miriam. I am a pharmacist who loves to share my experiences with you all. With a step-by-step on how to implement these new strategies, stories from my own experiences, and more to help you get from where you are now to where you want to be and be the best version of yourself possible. I am your host. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, everyone. On today's episode, we have a special guest, one of my best friends and former colleagues at um from school at Midwestern. Her name is Jasmine Osman, and she's a PGY1 at Franciscan Health of Indiana. She's going to share with us her experience as a pharmacy resident. And um, how are you, Jasmine? I'm good. Thanks for the introduction. Um, My name is Wright. We are friends. We've known each other since pharmacy school. Um, Gym buddies, or at least we used to be. Um, We'll get get into that. (laughs) But um, yeah, so I am a current resident at Franciscan uh, Hospital in Hammond, Indiana. I worked for Walgreens for a little bit before. I was a technician for about five years. And then um, I became a floater pharmacist when I graduated in 2019. And um, after maybe a year of working, I, that's when I decided to go back and pursue a residency. Awesome. So what exactly made you want to do a residency? Um, there were a few things. I think the main reason for me is I feel like a lot of people when they say, oh, I want to do hospitals because they hate retail. I didn't necessarily hate retail. I mean, the hours weren't ideal and being a floater, like it was hard because you never really knew what store you were going to get sent to. But I didn't dislike being a retail pharmacist. Um, I think what made me really decide to go back to do the residency is that I realized that if I had wanted to pursue any other type of pharmacy, the longer I'm in retail, the less likely I am to get that position. Like years of experience working in retail doesn't really benefit you in any way besides getting a retail position or maybe a pharmacy manager position, you know, working 10 years for Osco, Walgreens, CVS, that doesn't make you more qualified for a hospital position. doesn't really make you more qualified to work big pharma or anything, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I figured if I don't pursue a residency now, it's going to be less likely for me to go back and pursue one later on. Yes, I totally um, agree with that. I was myself thinking about doing residency, but then I was like, eh, I don't know. I give you a lot of credit for doing it. It's, it's very mentally exhausting. And I'm pretty sure you have those days where you're like, ah, I wish I didn't do this. <laughs> but yeah, um, it, it definitely takes a lot of commitment um, to pursue a residency. And I mean, I don't say I can't say that I regret it because I don't, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not for everybody. Yes, for sure. So what is one thing you would say you love about your experience as a resident right now? One thing I love is just seeing how much I've grown. Um, like you have no idea how much pressure residency puts on you. It forces you to have time management skills um, and to be able to manage stress well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there are days where you feel overwhelmed, but you'd be amazed on how much you can learn in one year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just important, like how to prioritize your time, especially when you have multiple assignments due at 
few days off to work on those assignments. So um, I can definitely say I'm a different person um, from the beginning of the residency to now. Um, I've learned so much. I've grown so much. Um, I feel like I'm more confident in being a clinical pharmacist than I was when I graduated. That's amazing. I totally um, think that's one of the common themes with residency. A lot of people say you don't realize how much time management you have to learn basically because everything just go 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 and you, you're just thrown a ton of assignments that are due and you're like okay how do I do this so like building that skill I'm sure is very beneficial for you um what is one thing that is very challenging for you during this just one thing <laughs> oh um, you could be a list <laughs> I think the most challenging thing is that year but I've had to cut back on a lot of my hobbies like I rarely have time to draw mm -hmm. um, I used to go to the gym three to four days a week you remember that yeah. and now I rarely go I mean I'm not gonna say it's impossible to you know stay healthy during a residency it's just mm -hmm. extremely difficult when you work long hours when you work 12 days in a row and you only get two days off by the time mm -hmm. you get home you have a bunch of stuff you have to do and then it's just you're mentally and physically exhausted and drained you just don't have the energy to work out yeah um also, like I had to sacrifice a lot of time with my friends and family. Like I've missed out on a lot of events, on outings, on trips, because again, working 12 days in a row and then only getting two days off, it's impossible to coordinate that with your friends, to coordinate yeah. with that with your family. And when you only have those two days off, you usually use it either to rest or get caught up yeah. in stuff that you couldn't do during the week. Um, and you have to be really careful about using any of your PTO days because you have a set number in the beginning of the year and you never know what comes up. You never know exactly. when you're going to get sick never know if you're going to need to use those days for family emergency or for even interviews because towards the end of the residency obviously you want to secure a job you're going to have mm -hmm. to take some days off to do like interviews yeah um so it's just it's a big sacrifice and again it is only a year but there are going to be a lot of things that you miss out on a lot of memories that your friends or your family are making without you yeah i do uh feel like that's a common theme i noticed when we were being prepared when we graduated they said that whole year is dedicated to only residency and you don't really realize that until you actually do it. And I've seen that through you. And so um, it's kind of uh, inspiring to see what you're willing to do to actually be able to complete it. So um, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure <laughs> not everyone's built for it, like you said. And so um, building that skill is something you learn along the way. So that's really, really inspiring. Um, okay, so I'm sure there's a lot of stories that you have during your um, journey as a resident. So what is one story you would like to share with us that was memorable to you? Um, I think a memorable story. So without throwing anyone under the bus, um, you have to remember that medication errors exist. And like that's why there's always like a check system. That's why there's nurses. That's why there's doctors, there's pharmacists. There's a lot of other people working to see the patient. It's not just one person. Um, and I'm not free of mistakes. I make mistakes too. And um, that's the whole purpose of a residency is to learn from those mistakes. Because if I knew everything right before I started residency, what would be the point of going into a residency? But there was this one time, um, it was over the weekend, I was reviewing a patient, so like over the weekend, like the residents are the clinical coverage, so they're the only clinical pharmacist looking at the patient. It's going through the patient's chart, and I noticed that the patient had multiple episodes of hypoglycemia. The patient was already on a dextrose strip, it was running, um, and then I saw the doctor chart in their note, you know, patient is now eating, we'll discontinue the dextrose strip. 
But something about that didn't sit right with me because the patient's blood glucose was 20. So like that's very dangerously low. Um, so I called the nurse. I just got a little bit more information. I'm like, hey, like I saw that the dextrose strip was discontinued and the doctor charted that the patient's eating. Like, I mean, it, it, what was the patient's diet like before? Were they eating yesterday? Were they eating the day, the day before? Why do you think they're hypoglycemic? Because they're not on any insulin. They're not on anything that would cause them to be hypoglycemic. She's like, I mean, yeah, the patient's eating, but she was eating yesterday too. And she was in the twenties multiple times yesterday too. So what I ended up doing is like, I paged the doctor and the doctor didn't get back to me right away. Um, because again, it's the weekend, they're short staffed. Doctors have to look at multiple different patients. They won't always page you back right away. So I called the nurse back. I'm like, this is what I think we should do. I don't think we should stop the dextrose strip because the patient's going to be hypoglycemic again keep the drip running and call another hospitalist who hasn't seen the patient, just give them the story and get an order for the dextrose drip. Because I mean, you can't really practice without an order. The doctor discontinued it. So you need the order from somebody. Yeah. So she ended up doing that. The first doctor um, did call me back towards maybe the end of the day, but at that point it was just like a little too late. Yeah. Um, but the nurse was like, yeah, thank you. I would have been chasing that blood glucose all day. Like, I'm glad you notified me that it was discontinued and that, the blood glucose was in the 20s and you talked to somebody because I really didn't know what to do. I didn't want yeah. to stop with extra strip and the doctor wasn't really listening to me. So something like that, because like in pharmacy school, you don't really focus on like fluids all that much. It's meds, meds, meds. And I think before starting a residency, I wouldn't even know to look at what fluids are running, like what kind yeah. of drips the patient's on. Like, what are the meds? Do I have to dose any vancos? Do I have to dose any warfarins? No. Okay, moving on. Yeah. You know, so it's like small things like that, that, I mean, I don't see like an actual difference in the patient, but it could have been bad. Potentially it could have been of pretty course. bad. Uh-huh. So stuff like that, it makes you feel like, okay, like I'm actually doing something. Like, I feel like I am actually helping these patients, even though they don't see it. Nobody else really sees it. doesn't matter because I could be potentially preventing harm. Yeah, no, that's, that's truly really good. I noticed that in the, even in retail, we, we get those little mishaps with like they're oh, putting too much of this or they like prescribe a wrong amount of something and like just knowing that you could prevent someone from getting hurt is really uh, really special um there is I know there's a whole process in like applying for residency can you um tell us a little bit how you went about that being out of school for a year and then deciding to go back <laughs> yeah so that I think the hardest part about that process was getting someone to write letters of rec for me because it's like I've already been out of school for a year if you look uh-huh. at a lot of the applications they require the letter to be from a clinical pharmacist uh-huh. um, I think the good thing is that I had really good relationships with my preceptors um, during my appies uh-huh. so that when I asked them for a letter they said yes and they're like we'd be happy to write you a great letter um, so this, that's why it would be a little bit harder if I was maybe more years out of school. Like if I was two, mm-hmm. three, four, they're not going to remember me. They've had so many students since exactly. then. So it's really important to have like a good relationship with your preceptors, especially if it was a rotation that you enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, treat every single day as like a job interview. Like you never know. Like, yeah, I went back to do a residency, but there's a chance that maybe if they had an open position and they needed somebody, they'll keep me in mind and they'll remember me. Yeah. you know and then when they apply oh yeah i remember we had her on rotations like there have been people who got jobs like that without doing residency they mm-hmm. got hospital positions because they had multiple rotations at one site they really like them they're cap- they know that they're capable of doing well in that position so they might hire you yeah. um so 
honestly, that was the hardest part, letters of rec. Um, looking at the different programs to apply to, I kind of applied to most places in Illinois. Um, I applied to, it was easy applying to places that I already had a rotation there because I already knew what it would be like. Um, applying to places that I didn't have a rotation there, like at Franciscan, I've never even been to that hospital. It was a little harder. You have to do more digging. You have to like look into all the rotations they have, um, what things are like. And sometimes you can't really find that information without like emailing people and asking questions. Um, it's always a good idea to reach out to the coordinators of the residency. Like there was this one resident because I was part of the interviews for the residency class of next year. There was this one um, applicant who she reached out, she set up a meeting with us. Um, so then we kind of knew her before she even got into the interview process. Uh -huh. So I thought that was great because like I saw a familiar face during the interview. So all her answers already stood out. Like I already uh -huh. like liked her. I mean, she ended up ranking somewhere else, I believe, but uh -huh. she really made an impression. So it's important to always reach out, ask the right questions. Um, when you ask meaningful questions, they remember that too. When you're not uh -huh. asking questions that you can find on the website, but you're asking questions that are really specific to their program, they will remember that. Uh -huh. um, and honestly, just apply everywhere. Like I did not, Franciscan was not my first choice. I did not even uh -huh. think that I would, like I, when I applied to them, I was like, okay, like they're one of my options. But then when I actually interviewed, I'm like, I actually like this place. Like I almost didn't even apply, but I like them. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up ranking them number one. So you never know, just keep your options open, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think uh, the whole process is kind of intimidating and people don't want to because they won't rank or um, they just think that they're not good enough or don't have the right experience. But I'm very surprised the match was just done like this two days ago and like so many people matched. So um, even though you don't think you're capable, you may be more capable than capable than you think you are, which is awesome to see. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just really inspiring that there's more um, candidates for residency now and they're actually advocating for it. So um, yeah, that one was, that was helpful, I hope. Um, so uh, what is one word of advice you would give to um, students graduating in their last year? Um network and also always keep your options open if you're not tied to a certain location i recommend branching out because the job market in illinois honestly is not great mm -hmm. um i know this because i'm nearing the end of my residency and i'm applying to positions now and a lot of the positions are part-time or prn positions um the full-time positions fill up really quick and a lot of times when they fill up those positions they post them with a candidate in mind they already know who they're going to hire for that position yeah. Um, so they like post them and then the position fills up really quickly and then they just take the listing down. Mm -hmm. um, but just remember that PRN position is better than no position. And when you apply to jobs, um, they would rather take somebody who is employed rather than a pharmacist who is unemployed. Like in a PRN position, you're getting your foot in the door. Maybe they'll open up a full-time position and you're already going to be qualified for it. And you're going to be considered over somebody who is not an internal applicant. Um, also, pharmacy is a small world. They train, like, they yeah. drilled that into our heads since the it's beginning so of pharmacy true. school. But it is true. Yeah. Um, so it's important, again, to make good connections on rotations. Um, GPA and extracurriculars are not everything, but they do help. Mm -hmm. um, I'll admit I was not really involved in school. Didn't really have mm -hmm. any extracurriculars. My GPA was okay. Like, it wasn't bad, but it was okay. Um, 
but you want to really leave a lasting impression when you go on rotations. And um, for anybody who is maybe out of school and wants to apply to residencies, I recommend looking at community hospitals and not necessarily the teaching hospitals because those uh-huh. are a lot more competitive. And I mean, you can apply to both, but if you don't have the time to put in like towards 15 applications, focus more on the community hospitals that are nearby because they're more likely to take a chance on you than okay. the big teaching institutions. Yeah, I've, I've noticed a lot of uh, friends and colleagues got jobs just by knowing someone or just appearing. on. So um, I literally just know someone who graduated and they didn't take her at the hospital she's at, but since she applied and I guess they needed PRN, she got at Amita Health. So um, that's a smaller hospital. They, they probably only use her once a month, twice a month. And so as long as you kind of get that your foot in the door, like you said, it'll bring more opportunities. And then they'd rather take someone who is available probably over someone who isn't as well. Um, yeah. What are your plans after finishing? Are you going to do another residency or are you? (laughs) (laughs) I am not. Um, No, my plan is to get a job. Um, Again, I'm applying to positions, but I'm not geographically limited. So Mm -hmm. any other state is fine. Um, Although ideally I would like to stay stay in Illinois just because, you know, I'm saving up money um, as student loans, but yeah, no, I'm open to other states. Um, I think my goal is to get a job as a clinical pharmacist. A lot mm-hmm. of positions are like a mix of staffing and clinical pharmacy, which mm-hmm. is totally fine. You know, staffing is okay. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't like to do that. Like after doing a residency and having that clinical experience, I would like to have some clinical experience in my next position. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just right now applying to jobs and seeing where it gets me. So um, what advice would you give to someone who's, not doing residency but is trying to like transition into community hospital but didn't do a residency and they haven't been in retail that long though so it's like they're freshly new mm-hmm. to so the like market. A grad. Mm-hmm. um it's it's really rough especially looking at our market now because if you look at it there are a lot of people who are graduating with residency who still don't have jobs so as a employer they're going to pick the people who have residency versus a new grad with no hospital experience. However, um, you're more likely to maybe get a PRN position or like working weekends, basically working the shifts that nobody else really wants to work. Uh-huh. Um, so do that, apply to community hospitals. Cause again, like Northwestern is not going to hire you when they have 10 residents yeah. that are graduating, they're going to pick their residents. Yeah. Um, but smaller community hospitals, they might. It's a PRN position, go for it um don't lose hope um it's possible it's just just know that it is going to be harder for you to get a position like that without a residency yeah no that's very very enlightening I think um a lot of people don't even try because of that they're not experienced or oh I have to do a residency um I've just recently connected with people on LinkedIn and I've seen so many people transition but it's really because of the networking or just knowing someone so um, like you were saying, I think it really comes down to making a lasting connection and kind of showing them, oh, I can do this. I know I might not have the experience, but I'm capable of learning. Um, and so being like a fresh graduate, I think is a great opportunity because you're not too far out of school, but um, they probably know that you're willing to do that extra to learn. So 
Yeah. When you're a fresh graduate, they can mold you to whatever you want versus you working retail for 10 years. Yeah. That's all you know. You only know retail. You don't know anything about vancomycin, like everything from school. You're just like, I I don't remember this. Yeah. Like, it, I don't want to verify an IV. That is terrifying because I haven't seen an IV for exactly. 10 years. Exactly. Yeah. I'm pretty sure just like training them would probably be harder and just all of that. And they probably don't want to have to do too much when it's just a PRN position or just like someone that they have to train. Um, but like, I feel like community hospitals are more willing to take someone who's brand new because it's a smaller hospital and they have time to teach that person, but versus a teaching hospital, which is huge. And they don't, they're like, go, go, go. We don't have time to teach you what you should know already type of thing. Um, is there any specific hospitals that you really want to get a job with? Or is that just like, you don't care? <laughs> I don't think specific hospital, but like, I really would like a daytime position like I I mean I've worked the two to ten shift at Walgreens for a while it's not mm -hmm. bad it's okay having that every like once in a while or like maybe once a week mm -hmm. I don't like that if it's every shift that's two to ten I feel like that doesn't well, really work-life yeah. balance yeah um so I don't think that there's a specific hospital um that I want to work at I think it's mm -hmm. more like every job has its pros and cons and it's kind of just like weighing those out um I haven't decided if I like, I haven't decided if I want to specialize in anything because there are positions in like emergency medicine, there are mm -hmm. positions in critical care. I really like critical care. Um, I like infectious diseases. I'm not, I don't like them enough to do a PGY2 in them mm -hmm. um, because I think when I end up doing a PGY2 in critical care, I'm a critical care pharmacist. Like that's it. Yeah. Like, it would be a waste for me to do anything besides critical care because I specialized in it versus now when I just have the one year training, I can be a critical care pharmacist. Decide I don't like it. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I can be an emergency medicine pharmacist. Now I can be a transplant pharmacist. God forbid, I would never do that. Yeah, um, oh, oh Lord, just managing meds. Oh Lord, transplant <laughs> and scary. chemo. Are not, yeah, transplant oh, chemo are not my thing. Yeah. But some people love that stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah I really, really you've been in the emergency. Are there any like crazy stories from emergency medicine? I feel like that's always the wow of residency and I even when I did it for my appy I mean for last year's it was like amazing just seeing the different ones but then you kind of get sad because you're like oh this is crazy but yeah. um I mean I don't really have any crazy stories yet I'm on like I just finished week two of emergency medicine okay. and um the hospital that we're at the emergency department's kind of small okay. um and they've been having a really slow two weeks so like I really oh, wow. okay. it's a lot of like I still interact with patients I still go in their rooms to do their med histories um I I go to codes we had a code STEMI the other day mm -hmm. um I did have one patient who had a code STEMI they basically collapsed in the emergency department oh, yeah. and the amount of times we shocked him we tried doing CPR we gave him epinephrine like we did not think this guy was going to make it at all we he coded multiple times before getting him to cath lab but he's actually now out of the icu talking no neurological wow. issues at all like he made like a full recovery and it's miraculous like seeing that's stories amazing. like that it's, just like, it's insane wow wow that's truly inspiring yeah that kind of reminds me of a code that i went to my last year too they so, the smaller hospitals i noticed their emergency department isn't as like fast paced so it's kind of harder to want to do that but like in those um, teaching hospitals, the ER is like 
so much. So um, I think it's just depending on the actual hospital you're at. So yeah. Um, and I mean, it's a good like it, if you want to get into emergency medicine, it's a good stepping stone for you to start at a smaller ER, um, mm-hmm. develop because a lot of like the medications that we talk about in ER, like you don't really go over it that much in school and you don't use it in the inpatient setting. Like if I get asked, okay, what dose of epinephrine are we, how do you make an epinephrine drip? What are you putting into it? Yeah, we have no idea. I have to look that up. Yeah, that was that stuff during my last year. Yeah, it was all epi drips, anything that basically brings your heart back. So um, yeah, yeah, it's just, I think it's better to learn at a smaller hospital, like you said, just because you're not going to be making as many errors because you have time to think about it. Um, At those other ones, they're going to be like, if you don't know, this nurse knows and she's going to do it, you know? So, um, and I think they're more experienced because they see so much there, like just like Christ and Northwestern and all of those um, hospitals. Yeah. You have to be quick on your feet for sure. Cause like you might know the right dose of the drug, amiodarone, you have to give 300 push right now. Okay. What kind of vials are stocked in the crash cart? Yeah, how much ml are you drawing out you can't pull out your calculator and figure that out while the patient's coding i mean sometimes there's some calculations you have to do you can't do in your head but Uh like you as the emergency room pharmacist they expect you to know okay you you have two syringes or two vials you have to drop six ml and we're pushing it right away you have to have that ready but so by the time they turn around and say i need amiodarone you already have it drawn up and ready to go yeah they're not going to wait for you to sit there and draw it up because then they're just going to grab it out of your hand and do it themselves exactly i've noticed if you're not doing it they're going to do that because they need they need to save someone's life so you got to be quick on your feet so it's definitely um personality wise too like can you handle the fast pace of it is it something that's going to make you freak out and you just don't do anything so yeah definitely learning to know if that's like a good fit for you as a person um is important um what is one i guess bad experience that you had during residency if there's any that you had or feel like were mentally too much or felt like i won't say this is a bad experience but (laughs) I won't say this is a bad experience, but you have to keep in mind that throughout your rotations, you're going to have multiple different preceptors and everyone practices in a different way. Mm-hmm. One preceptor might tell you, no, don't do it like this. This is wrong. And then another preceptor will be like, no, that's how I do it. Do it like this. It's hard when you are trying to develop your own way of practicing without just following someone else's footsteps. I think early on in the beginning, you let like the preceptors kind of mold your practice because you don't know enough to have your own practice towards the end. It becomes hard because it's like, well, this is how I want to do it, but, and it's not wrong. And the preceptors way of doing it is not wrong, but sometimes it gets hard because some preceptors will be like, well, how do you want to do it? Okay. That's fine. This is how I would do it, but that's okay. That that's okay that you want to do it. Other preceptors are like, no, it's my way or the highway. Do it like this. This is how I would do it. So you have to do it that way. So sometimes it's hard because you have to give them a little bit of pushback. And then other times you have to just let it slide because you have to learn. There has to be a balance between you taking criticism and you learning and also you having a backbone because they're not always going to be there. One day you're going to be practicing as a pharmacist. You're not going to have a preceptor. You're going to have colleagues where you can ask them, hey, what do you think I should do? but you're going to be practicing independently on your license. So if you feel like you don't agree with something your preceptor is telling you to do, you tell them that, but you give them reasons why. This is why I feel like this would be better. Like you have to have some sort of rationale. And as long as you can back it up with evidence or with, you know, like if you have a solid reason to back up your decision, then you'll be good to go. But I think it's really difficult um, 
becoming that independent provider and not relying on your preceptors. Yes, no, I totally agree. I think that's a common theme in all workplaces, especially even retail. So just knowing that everyone practices differently and it's okay, there's, it's not necessarily wrong, but like just backing it up with, okay, is this logically right? Like, can I do this and not provide harm to this patient is what it all comes down to. So um, some people are more more anal and I think that should, that just comes with the pharmacist, um, the whole type A personality. So yeah. just, just making sure that you know that if it's right for you and you know that it's right because of evidence, then I don't think it's wrong either. So. That's awesome. Well, is there anything else that you would like to share before we wrap it up? Um, I mean, I think that we kind of covered a lot. Um, I guess to wrap up, I am thankful for the opportunity that I had to pursue a residency. It was definitely an eye-opening experience and I would not change anything. I fully stand by my decision to pursue a residency. Um, but it's not for everybody. You can still be successful with that one. There are different ways you can pursue other positions. I think a residency is just a stepping stone to get me closer to my career goals, but mm -hmm. it's not a for sure. You can pursue a residency yeah. and still not get your dream job. You still have to work hard. You still have to network. You still have mm -hmm. to um, pick up extra responsibilities here and there. Like you have to make yourself stand out. And if you're not passionate about what you're doing, residency yeah. is going to be the most miserable experience of your life yeah I did uh, realize that was a common thing with just residents before we graduated I asked them how was residency and they're like woo it's not what I thought and like they're very passionate and they're very smart but like during it they were like I kind of wish I didn't do it and it's like it comes down to that like is that really a good fit for you like that hospital might be amazing and you loved it but realistically you're just miserable because it's not what you thought it was and I think that's the big thing realizing that even though you're taking that risk it could not work out in the end but that's okay too because at least you got that experience so um, right. it doesn't mean it's wrong and it's not a failure either so I think people think that because they went to residency and they still don't like it they're like wow I just wasted all of that time but it's really just you learning and building those skills because everyone could learn and you're not you don't know everything so yeah um, that's awesome yeah I'm glad that was a common thing for everyone um so can you tell us where we can find you if anyone wants to ask you questions personally oh okay well I have a LinkedIn but honestly like it's just easier for you guys well you can look me up on LinkedIn if you want we can connect Jasmine Osman um I have Instagram as well. I have Facebook. I don't really use it. So don't message me on Facebook. Um, but you can message me on Instagram as well. Um, my username is Jasmine OS underscore. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever. Like I'm open to answering questions. Um, you can even email me if you want. Um, Jasmine Osman 94 at Yahoo. But I mean, I'm open to answering any questions about pharmacy in general and re about residency. Like I'm here for y'all. Yeah, I'm so glad. Thank you so much, Jasmine, for coming on the show. And I really know you have so much things to do. So it means a lot to me that you took out some time to come on and share with us. Um, yeah, thanks for having and me. And I can't wait to see what you're going to be doing in a couple months. Thank you. Hopefully okay. not unemployed. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> So if you like this episode, I hope you hit subscribe, rate it five stars, and share it with a friend. And I hope to see you on the next 
episode. And remember, it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. A dose of mine and body A dose of mine and body